Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Genius leaders, welcome to the show and another solo episode where I will share three well being tips that honestly surprised me when I heard or read about them. And each of them has surprised me in a different way from why the hell do we need to talk about that still to, whoa, can the impact be that big? And then by further, further thinking about it, thinking that, yeah, it might make sense to having a realizations about my own well-being and my own memories, which are connected in that third tip that got me thinking a lot and reflecting a lot on my own experiences. So without further ado, let's dive into these three and see which of those you will react to and maybe will leave you surprised and in which of those ways that they'll leave you surprised. And please do share with me what you think about them, whether you can relate to any of them, whether you need to work on any of those and um, generally how your experience is with well-being right now because I know that for a lot of people it's tough and if you feel like sharing about that please do it to me you know that I'm always in your corner uh, as the for you as a part of the genius leadership community so the first one and this one left me surprised as in why the hell do we need to talk about that still and that advice (laughs) comes from one of the top coaches in the well-being and personal development world. When she shared that on her podcast, I was like, hey, don't we all already do it? And I started talking with some people afterwards and reflecting or pay attention to that on uh, in the content online. And I realized, holy shit, people still do that. <laughs> and we still need to talk about that. And that well-being tip or that habit is about keeping your phone out of the bedroom. Yes, I'm surprised that people need to be reminded and educated about that. I haven't had my phone in the bedroom for years and years and years and years. And somehow I got blind to that people don't know the value of that or don't have the strategies how to do that for themselves. And I got reminded to that by some of my clients every now and then. But I'm surprised how widespread that habit still is of keeping the phone next to your bed and sleeping with it. So let's talk about that. I assume I don't need to talk about the value of not having the phone or the danger of having the phone next to bed, but let's take it. Don't be, I probably took it on, on the example of one of my clients who was very, very extremely stressed when the COVID hit in 2020. And they had the phone next to them. And when we had the conversation, uh, they shared that, it's difficult to fall asleep and I'm so tired during the days and so on and so forth. And what we figured out is that they watched the news in the evening in March and April of 2020. The news on the TV did not have anything good to tell you. There was just panic being spread, a lot of pain being shown and so on and so forth. So they would do that with their partner after they brought the kids to bed. They would do the evening routine of like brushing teeth, whatever, go to bed, continue reading news for another hour keep spinning themselves in the negative, 
that would set them for the bed sleep. Inevitably, they would wake up somewhere between 3 and 4 a.m. And guess what they did? They reached out for their phone and continued reading the fucking news. And I was shocked. I literally remember where I was walking on that session when we had that conversation with my client. That's a client whom I had for a while then. And we had a good relationships. We've, we, we've met in person. That's why it was okay for us to take it uh, during the walk and talk. So both of us in different countries were doing that. And I really remember literally exact place in Reykjavik where I was walking when that person shared their habits or their ritual <laughs> around their days and nights in that moment. And this is the thing I really want to emphasize. It's not good for you to keep stimulating your brain so close or even within the sleep hours. And that's the thing. When you come or wake up in the middle of the night from this thought spinning, the worst thing you can do for your brain is to give it a bit more food for spinning. It's just does not make any sense, guys. And please, 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 if you're guilty of that, don't take it as my blaming. It's me caring for you and your well-being. And this is one of the easiest things you can do to incredibly increase the well-being of yours. Take that damn phone out of your bedroom. Never take it in at all in the first place. And if you're talking about that you need to be accessible for someone, I, I can buy it in very few Examples, for example, if you are a very specific, special specialist doctor and you need to, to be available if something happens and your expertise is needed in the middle of the night, fine, keep the phone there. We'll talk about how you can keep it there. If you, for example, have teenage kids who still live at home but go out quite often and come back very late and somehow you need to be in touch with them that way so that they can call you, for example, if they need a pickup or if they get into trouble, fine, keep your phone next to you. But otherwise, I have very difficult times accepting that you all need to have your phone next to your bed. And if your excuse is that I need it for the alarm, come on, you can do better than that. Get some other alarm. A lot of you have smartwatches that have the alarm function on them. They, you have some health tracker, step tracker, whatever it is. And if not, just buy the damn analog clock. Not that hard. It's not that hard, really. And if we talk about how if you do need to keep your phone for the sake of being available to people and so on, then first of all, set it right now. After I say this tip, pause the damn podcast and go into the settings of your phone and do this thing, no matter whether you keep your phone within the bedroom or not. Set the do not disturb and the night mode. Set the timers. For me, it's from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. that my phone blocks the vast majority of the apps, so actually blocks all the apps. And then I, when I set that up, I had to go and manually accept or allow some of the apps to be available 24-7. And for me, that was, for example, the mindfulness app that I use for the affirmations listening. Uh, it was the notes. It's my calendar, because I usually, when I wrap up the day, I just uh, look at my calendar for the next day to set up some intentions for myself, how to prepare mentally for the day. What else do I have there? My mm, bus ticket app. So very few apps that really have access to me with the notifications or anything or just not blacked out uh, after 9 p.m. So that's one of the things you can do. Set those settings in your phone so that nothing comes through to you. The other thing that I'm surprised that people are not using is actually switching off the mobile data and the Wi-Fi. I put it on when I'm actively using the phone and I switch them off when I'm not using the phone. Just so that when you're doing something, 
Your phone is not beeping, doing anything in the background. And even though I don't have the notifications for most of the vast majority of my apps, it's just one or two that actually make some sound or vibration or whatever it is and uh, have the notification badges and, and stuff on my phone, it's still good practice to switch off those things when you're not actively using them. So those are the two things that you can do for yourself if you do need to, for some reason, to keep your phone within the bedroom overnight. But otherwise, really, no excuses. Just get the dev phone out of the bedroom. And the other thing, again, to help you wind down and prepare for the sleep. It's something I've mentioned before on the podcast is the three, two, one rule, how to prepare for better sleep for three hours before your bedtime. So you, you need to define when you want to be in bed, ideally. Three hours before that, you stop eating. Two hours before that, you stop working. One hour before that, you stop using screens. And the last thing uh, that I want to mention very briefly if you, for some reason, do want to use the uh, the phone or the screens, use the uh, block, uh, the blue light blocker. There are different apps for that. There are also settings within the phones for that. Use those things again to help yourself and your brain and your mind to wind down and to prepare yourself for the sleep. Because technology is powerful, whether we want it or not. And the thing that we can do is to actually turn that power to be to our benefit instead of our harm. And that's what I see a lot of people not being mindful about and not being intentional with. So the first tip that surprised me was to keep your phone out of the bedroom. And that was because I thought that the vast majority of us have been doing that. And if you're not in that vast majority or apparently not a majority so far, please implement that as soon as possible. It will make a huge difference on your well-being and your mental health. Second one, and that was the tip that surprised me in a way like, wait a moment, what? Is this thing makes such a difference? But then when I started thinking about it and reading a bit more the research behind that tip, it started making more sense. And that tip is listen to the bird song for one second and improve your mood for eight hours. Yes, you've heard it right. Listening to bird song, even if it's the recording on your phone or whatever, for one second improves your mood and well-being for eight hours after that. Crazy, right? For me, it was crazy. I was like, one second, really? What? And then the whole day or the whole, like half of the awake day, I can be fine on that. So this is actually something that I'm using, we're using with my husband. We we have this alarm clock in our bedroom that gets the daylight. So it kind of imitates the sunrise. We got it because we live in the Nordics and in quite, uh, like quite some popular of the year, we don't have the daylight or the, the sunrise. Uh, until quite late into the day. But there you could also set the alarm as either forest sounds or uh, bird chipping, birds chipping, or the radio. Radio, I think, is a bad idea because <laughs> even if you have the classical music, it can be like in some crescendo when it switches on and not the best start of the day. So we've been having uh, the bird sound for ages. So that's the thing. We wake up to that sound. If I wake up uh, early, which I do quite often, then it's just the vibration on the watch for me so that I don't wake up my husband and silently sneak out. But that's the thing. This is one of the things that you can combine with the first tip that we're talking about to get your phone out of your bedroom. And if it's possible, have the alarm that actually has the bird sounds, then here you go. You set yourself up for a better mood and better day for eight hours after that. How cool is that? And the research that has shown or has this tip is based on showing that the bird sound is the very strong association in our minds and bodies that we are in the nature. 
And we all know how uh, grounding being in the nature is. So this association is super powerful, apparently. And what I haven't read about, but I do think that's a big part of it, the sound of birds is associated for us with safety. Because if there is some predator around us that can eat us, the birds are usually very careful. They, they're silent. So if they're tweeting around us, it means that there is no predator who can jump out of the bush and eat us. So just take the evolutionary function of the birds being representative of the nature, but also being representative of safety for us. It just makes total sense to listen to the bird sounds. So use that tip. It's again, just one second can help you. But of course, you can just like use some app. There are so many apps and playlists with the sounds of nature and so on. Just use that every day to create a better mood, to boost yourself, to have better prerequisites for good day and uh, better well-being. So that was the second tip. Listen to the bird sounds. And the third one, as I said, that one was surprising for me about how strong the relationship between those two things are, uh, is, and how I can relate to that tip in some way. And that is the strong relationship between the nose and the memories. You know, those moments when you, you smell something and it directly brings up some memories for you. You maybe know it. I don't really. I don't have that many, that strong connection, let's say, and not that many scent memories in my brain. And um, that was a bit sad for me to reflect on that when I was uh, learning about this disconnection between the smell and the uh, brain. And that's partly because of the anatomy of ours, how uh, close those parts are within the brain, but also how much the information about the sense helps our brain function uh, in particular ways. So how that is presented is that the sense can really, in a fraction of a second bring you back to some experience past experiences of yours and it can be both good and bad uh, i've heard about people creating very intentional bouquets for their wedding just to have that smell associated with that special day in their life when they're committing to their partner for a longer time in a different setting so that whenever they would smell that particular flower they would be brought back to that moment of romance moment of excitement of being surrounded by love, uh, people whom you love, and so on and so forth. There are a lot of businesses who are working on that. The scent market is so important right now. There is so much put into how the shops smell, how the offices smell, uh, to promote purchasing behaviors, to promote some positive behaviors that people want uh, or businesses want from from their uh, audience and potential clients. So there is a lot of power of that. There is a lot of research done on that. And that can be good, as I said, but it can also be bad. There was an example in the study that I read about where a girl was really underperforming in math at school. And uh, it was not just underperforming. She was getting anxiety attacks during the math classes and so on and so forth. And that did not happen anywhere else. And the, I believe it was the school psychologist who figured out that this girl had the had been sexually abused by a family member, a male female family member. And that guy had a specific perfume. And that was the same perfume that the math teacher was using. So the girl got to relive the trauma, traumatic experiences every time she went for the math class because of that. I kid you not, the results were impressive when they learned about that and asked the teacher to not wear that perfume on the days when he would be teaching for that uh, girl's class. And the results soared. The girl 
really thrived. She uh, showed amazing results with the subject and felt really good ever since. So this is the power of the smell that we have. And that's why I said why it surprised me, because I don't have that much of associations with smell, memories that are triggered by some particular smells. And I've been paying more attention to that recently since I started uh, working with Jonas Freud, who has been on the podcast, uh, with whom we're doing the Mind Kicker camps here in Iceland, because that was his first thing when he would get out of the air- airplane when he arrived to Iceland. He would like smell the air and he would also taste it. He would be like, really <laughs> trying to get some air on his tongue to, to experience it through his all senses. And he would go quite deep into the, how do you say, components or, or details of, of how it smelled for him. And he was really actively and intentionally creating those memories in his brain. And I realized like, hmm, I'm smelling stuff, but I don't really like intentionally put them in the smell library, as it's called. And that's something I've been doing now with uh, some set that my husband gave me as a birthday present, or not birthday, Christmas present in December. It's a wine tasting uh, or wine sense set. So there are different smells there that you can learn to break down the wine scent or aroma into those uh, different ingredients of it. We both like wine. We don't like not heavy drinkers, but we enjoy some good wine with good food every now and then. And uh, it was a very beautiful present because we do it as a really family activity. Our daughter gets engaged as well and she's smelling and she's guessing and she's like, oh, I like this. I don't like this. And the thing is that it really brings, you build this muscle. It's really a muscle of using your memory because they are there. But somehow I was not taught early on in my life to tap into that library, to look for things in there. And now I'm building that muscle. I'm training myself to do that. Uh, by picking the smells and thinking, okay, what does it, what is it, and also what what it associates for me with, and so on and so forth. So there are things that you can do here to practice it. Uh, you don't need to buy wine sets if it's not your thing, but just start paying attention to to the smells around you and what they mean for you, what what you make them mean, and and see how that helps you um, develop better memory, but also tune into the things that matter to you. This is the thing that we can use when we are going through some beautiful moments. Pay attention to the smells. Try to put them in that library. Uh, mark them on, on the, on the shelf so that it, it becomes easier to pick them, those smells and those memories through those smells when you want them or when you need them. So here there were three tips that surprised me in the past couple of months. And I just wanted to bring them to you. Uh, let me know whether they surprised you anyhow, or it was like, no, you're the only one surprised here. <laughs> And I'm totally okay with getting that feedback. We all have our experiences. So I would love to know which of those you're already using and which of them you get as the takeaway from, from yourself or for yourself from this episode. As I said, I always appreciate you reaching out. And I know that most of you from the t- statistics I see, you're a silent audience and totally fine with me if you prefer that. But if you ever feel the smallest inkling of reaching out and sharing something, I'm not going to jump on you for that, for like, I don't know, trying to sell my services or anything like that. I just do want to be connected to you as my audience. And uh, say you tell you in person or like at least one-to-one how much I appreciate you. But if you don't feel like that, just know that I, I really see you. I feel you. I don't smell you. <laughs> but I do believe that uh, you, you're worth all the love there is in this world. 
from the others, but first and foremost from yourself. So go out there, uh, appreciate yourself a bit, pat yourself on the shoulder for doing the best job you can with what you have and talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.